You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 513, all aboard, let's set sail for Love Island, the best and worst tribute bands, and hooray for Joan Armour Trading. That's all coming up after Deacon Blue and Raintown.
what an incredible album that was, although they've had a brilliant career to date. Uh, I think that remains their best. The title track from their debut album in 1987, Deacon Blue and Raintown. That's a glorious track, isn't it? It's so atmospheric. I just yes. love it. Yeah, me too. Welcome to episode 513 of the Parish Council. I'm Terence Stackham. And here's the Gareth Southgate of audio <laughs> broadcasting. It's Juliet Harris. I mean, I'm not actually wearing a waistcoat, so I feel, although neither's he at the moment. No, Perhaps no, no. it's a bit hot for waistcoats, or maybe he's just moved on. Who knows? But anyway, I love Gareth. He's such a darling, isn't he? But uh, I can't say I'm quite as much of a darling as Gareth, but good morning, afternoon, evening, or night anyway. You're adaptable. You're a smart dresser. <laughs> you're good with the media. You know, you've got I, a you know, I, I, I know I make terrible misses in front of millions of people, which we don't talk about now that he's been redeemed. But yes, I'm uh, I've yet to appear in any Pizza Hut adverts, but I am open to offers if anyone is listening. Now, although it's been running in the UK since 2015 and it runs in similar formats of the franchise in 14 other countries, the TV show Love Island had kind of passed me by until we took a look at the opening week of season seven which premiered on Monday of this week. And if you two had come across it, in a nutshell, group of young women and men live in an isolated environment, very similar to the Big Brother Hoose. Um, but here it is in the sunnier climes of Mallorca. And over a six-week period, also in the Big Brother style, people are voted out. And at the end, a couple share £50,000, which seems an incredibly poor reward. But mm. I suppose they have countless marketing opportunities at their disposal. Um, so many Ibiza phone parties to host. It must be <laughs> bewildering. Um, Jules, having watched Love Island, do you ache with yearning, wishing you were one of the gals in this tacky Mediterranean villa? I mean, I cannot believe the things that you asked me to do for this podcast is how I'm going to open that. I, I cannot believe what I agree to in the name of us us, us providing quality content. I, I mean, I tried to go into this without any preconceptions. I knew what it was. I knew that I just wouldn't. I, I just yeah. knew that it just wasn't my thing. But I thought, OK, well, lots of people like this. Maybe lots of people aren't wrong. There are a lot of people that are very different to me, it turns out. I knew that, that I'm not the same as everyone, but I just... I mean, there were some details that were incredibly enjoyable about this. The chap that lived with his nan, I quite liked him. I thought that was very sweet. The fact that we saw we saw a bit of Brad's nan was great. I also very much enjoyed um, the fact that there is a football team called Hashtag United. Did you know this? I did know about them, yes. <laughs> Hashtag United. Um, Toby, one of the chaps, is a semi-pro footballer that plays for Hashtag United, which was started by a YouTuber in 2016. They're in the eighth tier of English yes. football that is that is I mean that's all you know can I buy a hashtag United scarf is my main question <laughs> from this program because that was by far and away my favorite detail I I just found this depressing really I just and the thing that, that I found so depressing about it and I don't I don't judge the people involved in it particularly I just found it to be so vacuous really I just I just could find little in the way of I could find little in the way of content, put it bluntly. I could also find little in the way of joy, really. I think the thing that, that depresses me about it is that it's just all so transactional, I think. It just, it, it, I know that the aim is to get coupled up, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I found it a soulless experience, I must admit. It felt like everyone knows the format now. It felt like it was interestingly, it was quite self-referential. 
So it was constantly harking back to sort of different things that had happened in previous series. It did feel like the format had kind of had kind of eaten itself a bit, really. And I think we'll go on to talk about the fact that, you know, the the, the terrible events that, you know, the, the, the death of Caroline Flack, the death of some of the, the contestants. It just, it seems like an empty experience that chews people up and spits them out. And I think once you're aware of what has happened, it makes it difficult, I think, really, to, 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 to enjoy this without any strings attached, knowing that there's this kind of horrible background to it. And I would very much, by the way, I think I've recommended this on the podcast before, but I would recommend this again in light of this. I think it's still on iPlayer. There was a great sort of one-off drama that was made for BBC Three, but I think it was shown on BBC One as well, which would have been in the depths of lockdown last year, called Make Me Famous co-written written and sort of conceived by reggie yates the tv presenter based on lots of anonymous interviews with contestants in the program it was is a fictionalized account of a chap that's been the love rat role on what is clearly meant to be love island type program and sort of examining what it's like to go from that back to real life and the lack the the amount or lack thereof of aftercare that that follows and just how just how empty the whole thing is really so I mean I can't I just because of the sadness surrounding it I can't even be bants about this really I just it just feels it feels like it's kind of had its day anyway and it's just it's not for me and I you know I don't want to be all pearl clutchy about it but it just it deeply worries me it deeply worries me that sort of people watch this as a kind of an aspirational thing and you know I I, I found it to be lacking in joy Terence it did not spark joy for me I must admit. No in all the time we've been reviewing movies TV shows records books whatever mm. I've never come so close to bailing out earlier so I mm. did it's awful I did other TV things show. whilst having it in on in the it, background I couldn't I couldn't yeah. watch it uninterrupted it is horrible um so completely i think you used the word vacuous which i think is excellent these young people being encouraged to fall into every abysmal stereotype of like the yes. male hunk the female bimbo everybody has to be fit in inverted commas and initially at least be judged entirely on yeah. their lip pouts their bosom or their six-pack and everyone was almost naked all the time the episode oh yeah and there I wasn't a lot anyway. of clothes were there really no, yes the first, I, that, I saw the opening one and the yeah it was, yeah, it was the very one yeah that, I saw. It, that led the, the, the sort of almost nakedness thing just led to an even greater sense of superficiality contestants mm. also this thing like bearing in mind the history which you know the contestants were set up for humiliation within the first half hour they walked into the place and it's another in the a line of these sort of shows where the editing can be cruel or kind yes. depending on the whim of the director and producer mm. so if the de- desire is to say uh, let's think reinforce that that someone is shy for example footage can be edited to endorse that you want to make someone look needy that's easy to manage um one point you know that you just reminded me there when you mentioned brad and his grandmother the voiceover mm. bloke uh ian sterling his name is has, he's clearly been given the nod to create humorous links but this tumbled into 
dismal, discreditable ageism as mm. Brad revealed he lived with his grandmother and the voiceover man shouted, I hope you're enjoying seeing your grandson, with the assumption being that if she's a grandmother, she must be hard of hearing. And if so, you know, that that must be spectacularly funny that, you know, you, you, she, you've got to shout to make his grandmother heard. And bearing in mind, he's about 20. His grandmother could be younger than me. You know, she could be... You know, I was going to say, it's, it's... Yeah, it was... It was um, it, yeah. It's a truly horrible TV show that I won't watch again. No, I, I can't see myself wanting to relax in front of this because I found it very unrelaxing, I must say. It's absolutely horrible. And um, as you mentioned... The, the the sort of final point I want to make is um, and ask you about is that it does seem entirely set up. I'd never watched it before. So this, you know, maybe maybe it's not always like this, but I rather fear it is that it is entirely mm. set up to humiliate people, to make. Yeah, people absolutely. Say, oh, I really fancy him or her. And then they're rejected by the him or her. <laughs> and then you get their reaction because they, you know, they look foolish. And, and all it bearing is. Bearing in mind the, yeah. the terrible issues that have happened, yes. as you said, with contestants and the former mm. presenter. Why would you persist yes, with this exactly. strategy? How is this OK for this? And I'm surprised that there hasn't been. It has been reported in the press. I'm surprised there hasn't been more uproar, really. But then maybe that's where we are as a nation at the moment with, with the stuff that should cause outrage doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that is perhaps the most depressing thing of all, isn't it? Really, it's, 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 maybe it's you and me because it's incredibly popular. I checked on social media at the time it was on, and it was you know every reference at the mm. uh, was at the top of the trending items in very, the UK. It was all strange. Love Island. It's, I see, I yeah, I you know maybe, maybe as Principal Skinner would say, no, it's not me. Maybe it's um, am I out of touch? No, it's the children that are wrong, and I feel the same way about this. Coming next tribute bands and Spike Island revisited. Uh, mm. That's right after Fat Boy Slim.
now that's the kind of Love Island that I enjoy. I think it's it's really it's a really great album. It's got some wonderful moments on it, and actually the quality of it is such that you don't really hear Love Island by and large. You don't you don't sort of hear it around and about. Um, and it's um, I just think it's great. I think it's got such a great kick to it. I'm listening to a lot of electronic tunes at home at the moment, so I'm enjoying that. Oh, the album by the way is called You've Come a Long Way, Baby, but it's what's on the Chaps T-shirt on the front, so that's how I always refer to it. But that was Fat Boy Slim and Love Island. If only if only Love Island was just limited to that brief. You know, old Fat Boy Slim, he's not going to be short of a few, Bobby. He's got a lot of big gigs booked <laughs> yeah. in, in, the, in the coming months. Mm. Not only in the UK, I was quite interested in this. Also, he's got gigs this year in Ukraine, Russia and Poland. So he must be mm. very popular in Eastern Europe. And I thought I'd compare polish ticket prices with the uk oh, it's, gosh, he's right. going he's doing a four-day festival in poland he's you know one of the headline yeah. acts uh and see fat boy slim in poland over this four days 48 quid for a standard ticket that's pretty wow good, isn't it? that's really decent i mean if you if you wanted to buy a cheap flight to, i know that we're living in a corona style yes. world at the moment but if so but taking isolation etc out of the equation you could probably get a flight to poland and go to this festival, you'd have to stay somewhere, obviously, unless there's mm. camping. But you could, it would probably cost the same amount to get a flight to Poland and a ticket to the festival than it would be to attend a festival here, if not less so. That's incredible, isn't it? You, you mentioned camping. You can actually pay up, there's all these different mm, you know, mm. grades, of course. Up, to, It's up to an eye-watering £970 for a VIP ticket. Uh, wow. You know, that's, that's camping that's... and you know, glamorous camping or whatever but then you ha- Having said that, Given that I have friends that are trying to take holidays within Britain at the moment and are finding everywhere to be overpriced, maybe that doesn't sound that bad in the context of trying <laughs> to rent a cottage in Cornwall for five no. days. You know, but that that you'd have a oh, I think we've talked previously about experience style holidays yeah. versus, you know, sort of ordinary holidays. That would be an experience, wouldn't it? it be would I tickets to see Fat Boys mm-hmm. in Poland. I'm slightly tempted by this, I must admit. <laughs> no, it's not that long ago that the only tribute band we all knew of was the bootleg Beatles who were formed yes. in nineteen eighty. And since then, through various personnel changes. They've undertaken thousands of performances worldwide, filling a gap, I guess, that was oh. there for the taking. Because for obvious reasons, the world's greatest ever pop group, but when you know they were never going to perform together again. Um, and the only other opportunity we used to have to hear songs by the Stones or the King mm. Kinks or Elton or whoever close up was in what used to be called cover bands. And these yes. groups would normally perform at weddings or birthdays yes. with the intention of getting people dancing, you know, covering Crocodile Rock, Brown Sugar, Reach Out, I'll Be There, whatever. Now, there's a whole industry with specialist agencies all over the mm. country booking out tribute bands who tend to try and mimic of course the look and the sound of Mm. a particular artist or or band often with such accuracy you can almost believe you're seeing the real thing how do you feel about tribute bands Jules are they clinging to the coattails of someone else's success or perhaps just providing some harmless fun whilst wearing a duplicate Liam Gallagher raincoat <laughs> you know what? The next, if there was another Fall album, it would surely be called <laughs> Duplicate Liam Gallagher. 
raincoat or maybe that's more half man half biscuit I don't everything's either the fool or half man half biscuit isn't it well it's interesting you say that for somebody of my sort of era the bootleg Beatles is the nearest thing I will ever get to seeing the Beatles I've seen them a couple of times and they're great I do kind of understand I think there's a difference between tribute bands that are tribute to bands that are no longer going and in some cases are no longer alive and tribute bands that are a tribute to operating bands at the moment having said this a friend of mine who drums most regular gig was drumming for an Adele tribute for a couple of years it kept him in business so um so I can I can sort of see two sides of the argument I thought you might enjoy some of these though I particularly like a tribute band that have a nice new spin on or so so are not necessarily a straight face tribute but they bring something new to mm-hmm. it I think we've spoken previously on the podcast about my friends ye nuns who are an all-female tribute band to the American garage band the monks I mean they are a tribute <laughs> but and they dress up as nuns and play and, and actually <laughs> interestingly they are so approved of by the original bloke behind the monks Eddie that he gave them an unrecorded monk song a couple of years ago which they then recorded as ye nuns and released as a single with his <laughs> blessing so actually it turns out that original bands sometimes do approve of tribute bands one <laughs> some of them are also take their place in the all-female Duran Duran tribute band Joanne Joanne uh, I, I, I like a tribute I've got some crackers here for you Terence from the NME in 2015 10 of the funniest ever tribute bands um the Ian Duncan Smiths, a Smith <laughs> tribute band that were a satirical take, and they released this charming ham in the wake of David Cameron's alleged pig cake scandal. Mm. Um, also a big fan of the Red Hot Chili Pipers, a Scottish <laughs> pipes and drums band playing the music of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, all female four piece. <laughs> Covering Led Zeppelin called Led Zeppelin. They're that they're they're an excellent. Um, the um, you might particularly enjoy Gabba. Uh, London's Gabba pay tribute to both Abra and the Ramones by playing the former's infectiously catchy Swedish pop songs in the style of the glue huffing's NYC street punks. Their debut album Missile to Missile to Malmo is, I think, very much in demand. Also, I think you'd like Beatallica, who are Beatles covers in the style of Metallica. Um, Abby Lode came out in 2013, their third album. <laughs> Michelle um, blended with For Whom the Bell Tolls, Blackbird with Fate to Black. Um, the biggest Robbie Williams uh, tribute act in the country, and I say biggest deliberately because he is Blobby Williams, so I think we would, we would all like to go and see him. Um, Vaj Halen. I mean, there are all, all female Van Halen. There are all sorts of tribute bands out there that are trying to do something different. And I have to say, I would like to see the Ian Duncan Smiths. I hope they still exist. And those kind of tribute bands to me, if you're doing something with an interesting spin, that's the way forward, isn't it, really? Let's all go and see Joanne Joanne when they start kicking again. They would be great. Oh, that's wonderful. I haven't seen so many tribute bands myself. About five years ago, um, because the only woman who ever puts up with me is a huge Pink Floyd fan, we went to see a tribute Floyd band over in Newbury and I thought it was okay mm. I mean I'm not so much of a Pink Floyd fan so to me it was like a bunch of blokes who didn't pretend <laughs> to even try to look pink, like Pink Floyd playing covers of Pink Floyd songs but some of the tribute bands are incredibly lifelike and that leads us to a somewhat bizarre event at Spike mm. 
Island, mm. uh, not Love Island, this month on the 24th <laughs> of July. Um, it's 31 years since that famous outdoor concert by the Stone Roses in 1990, a rather shambolic event that nonetheless felt significant at the time because mm. it was the start of a hot summer that also included Italian 90 and Nesson Dormer and also that the northwest of England was generating a kind of new sound in music like it had mm. 30 years before. The event this month sees a commemoration of the 1990 gig, but entirely with tribute bands of New Order, James, the Smiths, not the Ian Duncan Smiths, Happy Mondays, <laughs> Oasis, and of course the Stone Roses tribute band, the Clone Roses, which is quite a really mm, good name. That is very um, I wonder if No Way Sis still exists. That would be a shame <laughs> if they didn't. £38.50 per ticket for this, Jules, the Spike Island uh, tribute gig at Spike Island uh, later this month. Uh, £38.50, which seems incredibly good value, even if mm. it is tribute bands. And I did check the original tickets in 1990. Mm. This, would, this would make one's eyes water now. It's, you know, the, the time that's gone past. Yes. 14 pounds 14 quid wow. to wow. see the stone roses at spike island so uh, uh, i won't be going i only do gigs where i'm guaranteed to see these <laughs> days but uh, well fair enough it's inter- it's really interesting like you say and 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 i think what you said was really good in the although the reality of of, of the of the music turned out to be fairly poor I, I i'm i'm told on the day of spike island itself it felt like a big cultural moment in terms and maybe that's why it's it's being reproduced and the uh, you know may can you reproduce that cultural moment probably not but I think it's we won't sort of go into huge details now but you could probably think a lot about a certain type of alternative music that is particularly the sort of man Manchester Manchester scene that doesn't seem to have moved on or evolved and and as a result of which you know I, I would I when when I was sort of still going when we were still able to sort of go out and about and I was still doing sort of indie style radio I used to come across groups of young lads who would you know be playing in bands and it's weird it speaks to the staying power of that I mean of course now that Britpop history has been rewritten you know we we're all told that bands like Pulp and Blur were the, were the best bands because you know they thought a bit more and they have more nuance to their music but the cultural reach of bands like Oasis just it, I mean when you meet these bad, bad bands of young lads now more often than not they're trying to be Oasis rather than Blur and they're you know they're more interested in the Stone mm. Roses and perhaps Libertines than they than they are necessarily the, the more cooler types of, mu- of of the music of that era, and I just find it really interesting that the, you have you do meet a load of sixteen year old lads that really like Oasis and you know like the Stone Roses and stuff. What, whatever that scene and whatever the people behind it have done, they've managed to they've managed to translate it to new generations, and I'm not quite sure how or why, but it does show that there is there's something a bit weird and ghoulish about it there are still people wearing bucket hats and new generations of people wearing bucket hats it's very very weird it is peculiar coming right up we say hooray for joan armor trading um that's right after a track from her new album consequences Like, like, like you Well, I never 
love all the time So why should this be such a big surprise This happens every day of our life I knew my time would come around I never wanted anybody else to like, to like, to like As long as we can Don't boast about our love for a while Camouflage our feelings with a smile In our hearts we are strong I never wanted anybody else to like, to like, to like like you And I never wanted anybody else for love look bearing in mind this is a new album at the bbc radio 2 playlist for this mm. week not a sign of joan that's um, really surprising mm. i would have put money on that that's really weird this is a lockdown album she wrote all the songs uh, produced it did everything um at her home studio joan armor training from her new album consequences and that was like i really like that actually ironically given the, <laughs> given the title but no she's uh We'll, we'll, we'll go on to speak about her i'm sure but she's um i'm just glad she exists really she's just the fact that she just keeps going just producing great music and i find that really strange that she's not playlisted by radio too maybe maybe the indication is rightly or wrongly given that jesse ware is all over radio too at the moment maybe they're trying to move towards a slightly not younger audience but maybe they're trying to make it more what they feel more current i don't know which is, which is strange mm. considering that six music now exists as a whole pen between radio one and radio two i mean yeah. i'm happy to admit that as a listener so yeah. maybe you know maybe that they, they should they should be you know ap- appreciating older acts as well as younger ones on radio yeah, two it's, it's weird that they're not it's a wonderful album very sensitive with a sort of lovely pop and upbeat feel gorgeous songs mm. set of songs that sound like someone happy with their life which is is, is good oh, that is that is glorious yeah um, i agree 
But one thing I was going to ask you about, Jules, there are so many mm. singles and albums released each week that yes. I, didn't, I just didn't want you to miss out on an important reissue. Um, oh, well, I appreciate that. So thank you for letting me know. Yeah, it's the 50th anniversary of George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. Hooray and for George. Th- I love George. uber deluxe version of the album overseen Uh-oh. and endorsed by Donnie Harrison. Um, it's released on the 6th of August, but don't worry, you can pre-order now. Uh, right. So this Uber Deluxe version of All Things Must Pass. Um, it's only eight hundred and fifty nine pounds ninety nine. So how many would you be ordering? Do you think? <laughs> well, let's see how much my house is worth, and then I'll remortgage. <laughs> Maybe if I can get ninety grand of capital. I don't know. That's a, a, a hundred thousand. I don't know. It is insane. So it's nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents in America. That's how it translates to this weird amount. Eight hundred and fifty nine. It's very strange. And looking at it. So so I can talk our listeners through it because I'm sure they want to know. When you look at it on paper, you think, "Mm, this is not this is not great value for money. And that there are only eight LPs and five CDs involved. So you're getting 14 discs for eight hundred and fifty nine pounds, ninety nine pence. However, it's housed in an and this is this is the (laughs) one word. Whenever this word comes up, you know that someone's onto a Harry and Paul, um, Harry Enfield and Paul Whitehouse's show. They had a shop that was called I Saw You Coming, which was basically (laughs) a very middle class man. Whenever anybody uses the word artisan about anything that is a huge red flag so this is housed and it's not contained it's housed that's also a warning sign in my view in an artisan designed wooden crate accompanied by two elegantly designed books paying homage to harrison's love for gardening and nature the edition contains wooden crate um elaborate and expanded 96 page version of the scrapbook curated by Livia harrison with unseen imagery and memorabilia from the era handwritten lyrics diary entries studio notes tape box images a comprehensive track by track and more a second 44 page book um chronicling the um, making of all things must pass and this is when it starts to get a bit weird <laughs> Wooden bookmark made from a felled oak tree in George's Fry Park. So you get part of George Harrison's garden in this thing. Um, a, a, a one a one over six scale replica figures of Harrison and the gnomes featured on the That's iconic album crazy. cover. That's that what's a... so insane. You get a limited edition illustration by Klaus Warman, a figure from Beatles history past, which is that is interesting. Um, a copy of. And this is, I mean, to be fair, this is mad, but they have genuinely tried to give you a sort of a full-on George Harrison experience. You get a copy of Palmer Hassan's Uganda's, uh, Yogananda's Light from the Great Ones. So you get a bit of George's spirituality as well. You get some some Rudka, some Rudka's Kash, sorry, let me pronounce it, Rudrakasha beads contained in individual custom-made boxes, replica of the album poster, um, a set featuring 70 tracks, including some demo recording sessions outtrade studio jams uh, 42 of which were unreleased blu-ray disc etc i'm just in it for the gnomes terence give me the gnomes <laughs> they sound amazing yes i mean i mean my sweet lord is all i can say to this because uh, <laughs> Very you good. know anything that you, you talk, you're so right about the the the, the uh, marketing aspect of it because anything that comes to you in a crate has got artisan to be artisan crate artisan crate it always you know, whenever i see um Kentucky Fried Chicken advertised on the TV and they say it comes in a bucket. 
I'm always suspicious of anything that comes in yes. a bucket or a crate <laughs> that's supposed to be of high value. You know, it just absolutely. Doesn't, doesn't it's it's very right. strange, isn't it? Although I must say, my favourite scene in in Life on Mars is when um, the, the main character Sam Tyler, played by John Sim, finds himself working in a pub in the 70s, and they run out of plates when they are trying to give people food. And so that's the point in history in which Sam Tyler invents chicken in a basket because they have nothing else to serve things on. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, maybe. Maybe if this came in a basket, it would be more, I don't know. <laughs> it would be more appropriate. Well, I, mean, yeah. I mean, one could sit down and, and work out. The, I mean, Obviously, nobody has to buy this. If you don't want to buy it, it's not being forced no. on you. But it yeah, just exactly. does seem incredibly exploitative of people who are fans of the Beatles yes. or George Harrison. Because if you worked <laughs> out you know, a, a book by Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, it must cost about a quid to make. Uh, <laughs> and some beads, a quid, a poster, a quid, a glass for and poster a quid you know the bit of oak bookmark zero (laughs) what about the gnomes terence you know the whole thing if you're really really generous i think on the expenditure that they've had to put out on this really generous you might say something like 100 to 150 quid to make all of this This yet they're selling it yeah, for, for this is you know, like five, six, seven times that yeah, amount. Absolutely. And it just it's... seems, you know, how can we milk more money mm. out of Beatles or George Harrison fans? And, and, you, and you know what it's starting to feel like. Do you remember our old friend Zoella that we used to talk about yes, on the podcast? It, you know, like... when she did that advent calendar, yes. people that have not listened to all of our podcast episodes. I can't even remember which one this was now. It feels like we've just Two dealt with ago. so, yeah. we've dealt with so much, we've dealt with so much rubbish on this podcast, Terrence, that we have to talk about because it's relevant. <laughs> to life that I just lose track but anyway Zoella YouTube star Zoe Sugg um and you know author and general general exploiter of young people I would but go as far as to say given this advent calendar created an advent calendar I think it was for boots wasn't it or someone like that that you could you could buy one year and when and when somebody sat down on the internet and worked out how much it would cost to buy a candle from Poundland, some of this, some of that, the actual cost price of the advent candle was about a quarter of what it was being sold yeah. for. And actually, that's what's so sad about this, I think, that you're being sold this kind of box set that is trying to sell you George Harrison's spiritual side. So, you know, the the book and, you know, the beads and, and the bit, bit of his tree. And, you know, it's trying to sell, look, you know, this you're buying a part of George Harrison's soul and his philosophy of you know the you know kind of non-material possessions firstly you're selling someone material possessions for the best part of 860 quid (laughs) and secondly it's the same thing as the zoella thing it's like you say it's exploitative and it goes entirely at odds with who george harrison was i think living in the material world indeed Um, back to joan armor trading it it, Mm. it may of course be that she deliberately stays out of the public eye uh contempt you know, maybe with her life with her wife in Hazelmere in Surrey but I do feel she doesn't get the full credit she deserves as we were mentioning earlier agrees mm. 50 years of recording next year 20 albums 57 singles fantastically consistent and I yeah, can agreed. confirm a very nice woman indeed I've got two anecdotes oh yeah go dec- on decades apart which show that you know she hasn't changed over the years in 1976 when uh love and affection was picking up airplay mm. on on capital radio and this is a double clang of name dropping here Ooh, go um, on. i was having lunch in a creperie no less on the king's mm, road with joe nice. strummer um, then then with long hair a home county's accent and known as woody miller mm. and 
we saw Joan Armour Trading sitting at a table on her own, um, just about next to us. And for about 20 minutes, Joe was saying to me, I've got to talk to her. Um, but unbelievably, in 1976, he was very shy, very shy man. Wow. But he, he did go over to her table and he sort of blurted out, oh, I love your music. You're fantastic. And she was really sweet and thanked him and gave oh, us both a big nice. smile and was just lovely. And when um, she left, you know, she gave us a little wave and lovely. Then we wind on a few decades and I was talking mm. to one of my friends this week about Joan Armour Trading and this new record. And she told me that she and her, her husband, David, went to see Joan Armour Trading in concert in Cambridge mm. just a few years ago. And it was special because it was their wedding anniversary. So they, oh, you know, lovely. Gone, yes. you know, and David sent a note backstage to tell Joan. And halfway through the concert, she stopped, congratulated them and dedicated her song Willow oh, to them. So, what a classy so woman. Absolutely. She really does seem like a class act. And I love the fact that she's so, she strikes me as someone who is like you say is content with their lot and so she she plays semi-regularly at the white rock theater in hastings she um she she played here a few times i think might be due to play here again i think possibly as part of this publicizing this album and i've never actually seen her but i definitely will next time she comes down because she's sort of on her circuit like you say she played in cambridge she seems to be someone that is just happy to just carry on releasing music on a fairly not a small scale but you know what i mean you know not necessarily big stadiums and stuff but just just is happy to play those venues doesn't see it as beneath her and just is is dedicated to just you know furthering her art and producing good music and playing in small towns and, and I think it's I think it's great I'm 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 such a fan of that and it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that she's really lovely and gracious I think it's I think that is that is so great and, and interestingly when we were talking earlier about the sort of Stone Roses and, and Spike Island and new generations of people I know quite a lot of people that are my age and younger who you know let's face it we weren't born when Love and Affection came no. out first time round who really liked Joan Harbour Trading mm. who were going yeah I'll go and see her next time that would that would be really good I I think that, that there's such integrity about her and I think that 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 always translates to to you know to, to people of a certain sort of you know certain sensibility if you like certain you know certain types of female singer-songwriters she'll always find new audiences because she's always true to what she is and I think that's that's admirable and I wish there was more like it in the world but that's kind of what makes her special I think and like yourself surely a damehood surely merited mm. You'd think, wouldn't you? Although it, it was, I, I remember um, a politician commenting, a Labour politician commenting once about um, about different, uh, you know, sort of whether or not, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, whether or not if people have different political views, artists have different political views, if you can still like them and that sort of thing. Um, as he once put it, Joan Arbor Trading broke my heart when she came out as a conservative. Oh. So, so, but yeah, like you said, I'm sure a Dame Dame Joan Armour Trading. I mean, how is she not? I I just assumed that she was. Do you know what I mean? She was one of those mm. people you think, oh yeah, surely, surely she, surely she is a dame. And no, she isn't. But like you say, I mean, an, a, a a national treasure without ostentatiously being a national treasure. If you see what I mean. I, I mean, the the thinking person's national treasure is Joan Armour Trading. I think. She even gave an interview last week where she wanted to stress that she actually was misquoted. She that she never said she was actually a conservative. Well, yes, that she said that she was delighted when Theresa May uh, became prime minister that a woman was in a mm, position of power. Yeah. But that Absolutely. didn't necessarily endorse the policies no, or uh, that she this, voted conservative. But this, but this politician quote came. 
Yeah, exactly. This politician quote came from the eighties, though. So there's obviously been oh, a kind of a long. History, a, a, yes, there is. This was. Maybe a, this she's was a, a denier. Well, it, <laughs> there are worse things to deny at the moment, Terence. So you know, I think it's it could be worse. But no, like you say, we've talked on the similar terms about Kate Bush, haven't we? It doesn't really matter. None of that stuff really matters. I will I will applaud Joan Armour Trading's integrity, whatever happens. In 1977, Paul Weller was urging people mm. to conservative. So yes, I know. I think I think his. But then you know, people's views change over yeah. time, don't yeah. they? My yeah. parents voted for Margaret Thatcher in 1979. They would not do so now. We are. Uh, the sands of time changes. Mm, yes, like sands through the hourglass. These are the days Indeed. of our lives, Terry. Thanks very much for listening this week. And did you know that you can hear more of Juliet if you wish? And who wouldn't? <laughs> and <laughs> who wouldn't is doing an awful lot of heavy lifting there. But anyway, no, How thank do we you. Do that, Jules? How do well, we I hear more? I can tell you, although like you, I, w- I would wish first to thank our listeners for listening in and also for the people that send us sort of messages on Twitter to say that they're, you know, that they're enjoying listening. It's lovely to be appreciated. Thank you, chaps. It's it's and chapesses. It's grand to, to just be doing this, you know, in, in insane times. I very much enjoy putting on my pyjamas and talking to Terence every week. So so thank you very much for uh, encouraging that. Uh, me wise, um, I do this funny little show called Smooth Sailing on my Mixer channel, which is mixlr.com. Um, search for my my name on there, uh, Juliet Harris, and we go live seven till nine every Sunday evening. The, there's a show reel button you can press. It's got all the old shows there, and it's basically yacht rock, nothing enormously challenging, you know, sort of soft rock. That's M O R, that sort of thing, and it's just a nice way to relax at the end of a week, and also to mark that the week has finished. It's easier to differentiate now. We're slightly less locked down than we were, but um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a staging post for each week for me. Now, to play us out, it's a track that rather splendidly sounds like the average white band on a Helter Skelter. <laughs> That's a great way of describing it. I think it sounds like a car chase in a film, this. And this is why I really <laughs> like it. It's, it's got that kind of sort of, but not not kind of a serious, like a sort of a comedy caper car chase. I really I really kind of like the sort of slightly out there this of this. Um, I So Terence and I are, are often diametrically opposed on matters that are instrumentally based. True. But there's a lot going on in this. And I think that, 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 that even if you're not an instrumental fan, it is worth listening to. Um, they're called Get the Blessing. They originally started off as The Blessing, but um, to quote um, the brilliant Count Bimface on their Twitter account fairly recently, due to an unfortunate battle on the planet copyright, they've then ended up having to be Get the Blessing instead. And uh, their the music was recommended to me by someone in a jazz club at the before t- in the before times. And I just I love this. It's so interesting. I get why people find modern jazz difficult. I really do. But equally, I just think this is so playful and so fun. And and, you know, I just like like I say, it sounds exactly like a film. And I just I enjoy how it starts off, you know, fairly ordinarily like something you'd hear on Craig Charles and then goes it gets a little bit more wacky, shall we say, but not in an in a annoying sort of swanny whistle way. This is a get the blessing and bleach cake.
You've been listening to a Parish Council production. Mm-hmm.